Welcome to Honestly Haunted. to Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we are heading back down under <laughs> to investigate. In a row. <laughs> we had we ha- and we we can't not say it that way. We just have to. I apologize profusely to any Australian listeners right now. Good day. <laughs> Good day, mate. Uh, shrimp <laughs> on the barbie. I also Australian accents are the Hardest accent. Oh, difficult. What is so it? Uh, um, didgeridoo, wallaby. <laughs> I practiced. Those Any- are good. I am terrible at it. I, I just am t- awful. But my Apple Maps guy is Australian. Yeah, that's usually how I practice is listening to, <laughs> to, listening to my Siri. So we are investigating the legend of another Australian cryptid. And while there are certainly many interesting stories about our next cryptid, it's this creature's infamous picture online that actually has us the most intrigued. The Euroa beast is said to be 30 feet long, bulldog-faced, amphibious monster that was first spotted in, you guessed it, Euroa, Australia in the late 1800s. And while its last recorded sighting took place in 1890, an artist's depiction of the creature still lingers online and is truly nightmare fuel. Yeah, some folks on Reddit have called it the poster child for creepypasta, which is uh, which is great. You know, we love a good creepypasta. I'm going to show it's a small version of it, but I'm going to show it to Erin real quick and see if she can kind of see it. Oh, it's creepy. Thanks. Thanks, I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> it's nightmare fuel. So we'll obviously post a picture of it's a few renderings of it, but like it got our attention, needless to say. So it's just disturbing. It's disturbing. It's a lot. And it doesn't like fully, it definitely monopolizes on the bulldog faced creature because you don't really see how big it is it's like a close-up of the creature's the alleged creature's face um but it it's it's spoopy it is and it's just like yeah it's um it's bloody because i don't even know i was trying to think of how to describe it it's just like you see teeth and like the coloring is also just off eerie yeah yeah and there's actually like a pretty interesting thread on twitter and i think it was was it called deviant art oh yeah 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 of artists other artists renderings of what the euroa beast could look like and they're all terrifying like there's something about this creature that like really gets artists minds going <laughs> really gets artists in dark places it does and love it yeah so in a lot of it just becomes comes from the stories which we're going to talk about right now so there's an area located right outside of the township of Euroa, which is called wylenby and i probably said that wrong but wylenby but it's kind of a notorious yeah you did say it wrong because it's wylenby wylenby wallaby whoa wylenby it's not I'm wa- so it's sorry. not wallaby 
I'm so sorry. Spelled W-Y-L-O-N-E-M-B-Y. So do with that information what you will. But the area is notoriously swampy and kind of creepy on its own just because it's kind of a marshland. But the swamp is only about 450 feet wide and does have a small creek flowing through it. So not super big, but it does have a creek. Travelers on their way to Euroa would pass the swamp and they would frequently complain of horrid smells and strange looking creatures emerging from the dark waters which gives me the creeps yeah that's, this gives me the a, creeps paints a picture i mean it swamps, does. swamps in general just kind of have there's something ab- about like being on a, seeing a swamp and like see when they're really still like and you can yes. hear like it's still a little eerie even if it is kind of beautiful like the weeping willows into the water but i don't think that's the vibe we're specifically getting here no i think we're getting like, like creature of the black lagoon vibe marsh land i'm thinking the mar the the wet marshes and lord of the rings with all the mm. dead people inside the yes. water yes yes follow the lights Anyway, that's what I'm getting. So if that wasn't bad enough, it's reported that dogs completely avoided the area. If a local hunter was tracking prey anywhere near the swamp, their tracking and hunting dogs would stop abruptly and refuse to hunt near the waters of the swamp. Trust the dogs. We listen to dogs on this podcast. We listen to the pets. Pets always know things before we do listen to the dogs. Yeah. Legends began to emerge of something abnormal haunting the waters of Wylanby. And on February 25th, 1890, a correspondent of the Melbourne Argus newspaper printed an unbelievable story told to him by several men who came face to face with the Euroa beast. Here is an excerpt from the Melbourne Argus written in 1890. Considerable excitement has been caused in Euroa by reports as to an extraordinary animal having been seen in a swamp at Wylamby, about 14 miles distant. For six years or more, the swamp is reputed to have been the haunt of something abnormal, tales being told of dogs flying out of the place and never again being induced to enter. Last week, a couple of young men went into the swamp for the purpose of cutting reeds, which are six feet high and very thick when they were alarmed by a sudden splashing and snorting near at hand, and the rushes waved as if allowing passage to some large animal. They quickly retired, but the next day ventured back to carry out the reeds he had cut, when he was again alarmed by strange sounds. He leaped upon a log and at some thirty paces away saw a large head upreared, which he likens to that of a bulldog. It kept this position for about 10 minutes. When it disappeared, the motion of the rushes giving the idea of an animal some 30 feet long. The young man was greatly scared. On a report of the occurrence appearing in the local journal, a party of Euroa sportsmen went out to the swamp, where they were joined by local residents on horseback. After beating about for more than an hour, they were about to give up the quest when a sudden rustling was heard, and two of the party saw an enormous tail as thick as a man's thigh disappearing into the large trunk of a fallen tree. A shot was fired on the animal, but its effect is a matter of conjecture. The article goes on to compare the Euroa beast with the lore of none other than last week's featured cryptid, the bunyip. The bunyip! bunyip. And while these two creatures certainly have some similarities as far as they are both described as amphibious, some investigators and researchers have speculated that the Euroa beast might be an even more ancient creature. 
There are claims that the Euroa beast is actually the descendant of the ancestral amphibian known as Perderpes finae. These short, squat, presumed extinct crocodile-like tetrapods roamed the Earth in the early Carboniferous period in the Paleozoic era, and represent what many scientists believe to be the missing link between fish and land animals. Which fascinating is huge. Like that's yeah, a, that's huge. A missing link. Like how? Okay, we'll <laughs> straight have to, up missing link. We're gonna have to circle back to that. But yes. whatever this creature was or was not, back in 1890, it was sending waves of panic rippling throughout the small community of Euroa and the surrounding regions. The town's leaders solicited the help of the animal researchers at the Melbourne Zoological Gardens. The officials from the Melbourne Zoological Gardens were not completely convinced about the so-called monster, and they felt the accounts deserved further scrutiny. So, they dispatched a highly trained and self-proclaimed dragon hunter to Euroa. Alright guys. Um, How does one become that? Alright guys, send in the dragon hunter. Get him down there. Can we become dragon hunters? One, he's highly trained, yet self-proclaimed. So yeah, I mean, like what I I self-proclaim myself as a highly trained dragon hunter. So <laughs> done, self-proclaimed, <laughs> done. But this self-proclaimed dragon hunter, armed only with what the Melbourne Argus article referred to as, and I quote, a big net. <laughs> Same. That's that's my tool that I yeah. use as a highly trained. Dragon, Dragon hunter. hunter. This zoologist <laughs> headed to Euroa and wasted no time in organizing a party of 40 men, all of whom were no doubt hellbent on pursuing and capturing this Euroa beast. The posse hunted throughout the day and into the night, but the only thing they had to show for their efforts was the discovery of a set of giant tracks. Sadly, this is the last known account of this mysterious monster. However, the curious incident of the Euroa beast has triggered a rather healthy debate online as to its actual identity. And as we get further into the world of cryptids on this podcast, our research is pulling up some words we have never heard before, like cryptozoology. Well, I have heard of cryptozoology. Yeah, I didn't. Sorry. That was the first time I had heard <laughs> of it before. Uh, I, I, I have, and I think... I think because I came across it in a really early cryptid episode we did, like, season one. Okay. And maybe um, we talked about it then, and I've slept since then and just couldn't Well, I don't know if it. I brought it up in the episode or not, or if I just, like, encountered it in, like... Yeah. So, but it's it's very interesting. Um, like, it is technically, I guess, a little bit of a pseudoscience, but, like... Sure. But it's, it's so close. It's so much closer to what we're interested in which is like that that space in between of like trying to understand so i i love it i think it's yeah. awesome well it's kind of at the source of like wherever we start with research is you know it, it varies from there's like cryptid wiki and cryptozo- yeah. like they have their own like there's called like a cryptozoology myths and legends hub i mean reddit has a whole bunch of like threads on it and so it's like it's a pretty good deep dive depending on what you're looking at as far as like where we go to find sources for our research so definitely check those out if you're as interested in this stuff as we are but this was the first time i had seen the term cryptozoology so we might have talked about it but i definitely didn't remember well (laughs) not the only term that we have have uh not known before we also have words that seem to come up over and over for the euroa beast terms like dinosuchus 
Is that, is that right? I'm sorry. I'm so immature. Like it's spelled like Dino 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 Suckus Dino Suchus D E I N O S U C H U S. It was a good try, Aaron. I'm sorry. I laughed at you. Also, Megalania Prisha Prissa. That's Prissa. Good. Megalania Prissa. And Sarcosuckus. Sarcosuckus. Dinosuckus and Sarcosuckus. Yeah. So Dinosuckus, sometimes also referred to as Super Croc. Oh my god. <laughs> which has a pretty spectacular bee monster movie named after it. Okay, um, which is fair because honestly, I was going to say if there isn't, there needs to be. Super Croc. Like, come on. It's Super Croc. Needs to be. So... The actual Dinosuckus, the actual scientific creature uh, of the days of yore, is an exact is an is an extinct genus of ancient alligators that lived during the late Cretaceous period. The largest adults of the species could measure thirty four point nine feet long, with massive jaws, which does fit the size, scale, and partial description for the Euroa beast. However, the first remains ever excavated for these giant creatures were found in North America in 1940, and no documented remains have ever been found in Australia. But the Megalania prisca, which were the largest terrestrial lizards to ever exist, definitely made their home in Australia. These giant monitor lizards were first described by Australian zoologists and archaeologists in Queensland in 1859, which would put reports about them in the time frame for the first known sightings of Euroa beast. But Megalania maxed out around 16 feet in length, and it just doesn't feature the wide-set jaws that were described by the men in the Melbourne Argus article. Additionally, its natural habitat were forests and woodlands, and it was not considered an amphibious creature, so in our mind, that kind of rules Megalania out, too. And then there is Sarcosuchus, an extinct genus of ancient crocodiles, which lived during the early Cretaceous period. The first remains for these 30-foot-long, 3.45 metric ton lizards were found in the Sahara Desert in 1959. But once more, the Sarcosuchus checked the box for size and jaws, but there were never any records or remains found of them living in or near any of the freshwater sources in Australia. So, what do you think? Could the Euroa beast truly be the missing link between fish and land animals? It is a great, a just question, my liege. A, a, a just question. Just question. But that's a big thing. Like, we, like, it, it comes up a lot when we talk about Bigfoot. Is he, is Bigfoot the missing link between yep. primates and humans? But this seems to be, is this creature the link between amphibians or, or fish and land And land animals, animals. Which is not Which something... is always like that, yeah. I mean, like, we've all seen that image of, like, the fish then, like, crawling in, yeah, like, the evolution, like, crawling out onto land. Right. Um, so it's super interesting. I think we, like, we need to recognize that it was, con it, like, at one point we mentioned the bunyip. I think yeah. this is, like, a callback to that where we said the bunny up could be like a catch-all mm -hmm. so i think like 
it's interesting because this almost is more detailed than our bunny up episode because it is more specific yeah and it seems like it was an isolated incident so whether or not this these the posse of men shot at this creature and actually successfully killed it and they just Mm. like didn't know it and it just died and its bones collected at the bottom of a marsh we will never know it could have been the last of its kind Okay, do you know about bog bodies? The preservation of bog bodies? Yes. yes. It's very fascinating. There's like a museum it, in Ireland, right? Yes. Yes. And I mean, I know it happened a lot of places, but I know that there's like some of the well, well, no, most yeah, well-preserved I mean, like, ones are in certain Ireland. places and like bogs and I presume like marshes similarly can yeah. do, like, first of all, can preserve animals but also on like the flip side like there have been so many bodies found from ancient times that were not found until more recently so it's also to me like i think about that i think about the fact that like if they shot this creature in a marsh i you know it might be like oh well we haven't heard anything of it since like wouldn't they have found the body and i'm like honestly actually that's a believable part of the story to me that we haven't yet because of all the bog body stuff that i know about it was perfectly preserved i mean it might have died from its wounds but it might have like settled along the floor right because like there have been crimes where people like thought that the body of this like crime from like that year or a couple of years ago was mm-hmm. found in a bog and then they're like oh wait no this body is from the 1400s yeah that's <laughs> great like, like they can what? still find like f- undigested food in their stomach yes within like, the bog body it's fascinating it's like it's crazy. like dark tourism elite dark tourism yes, but it it's is. fascinating to me and i mean there's so much of that stuff like we might have to do a whole episode on that even though it's not really haunted but like a lot of it was like human sacrifice yes. related right oh yes because they found ones that were like legit like like ancient ancient human sacrifices yeah like they were like kings that sacrificed themselves to like their people were starving and they thought it would like appease the yes. gods to reduce there was like, the famine one, there was one bog body where because you were saying like you can figure out like what their food was that they mm-hmm. ate there was somebody where they could literally tell that not only had he eaten like barley or something, but it was burnt when he ate it. Like they were able to tell like the cooking style of the food. They were like, Ooh. it was burnt. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that's insane. Yeah, I think that we, there was a find recently of like in Denmark, they found like a pot buried out in a backyard. It was someone made a TikTok about it because it was kind of funny. Like there's that trend on TikTok right now about like my ancestors looking down on me yes. or whatever. And it was like me burning the crap out of my grilled cheese in my pan and just gonna like <laughs> throw the whole thing in my backyard. And it's like my ancestors from Denmark same. doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna bury this pot because it's burned to heck and I'm just gonna bury it in the backyard. It'll be fine. It's like same. We are not different. We, we are the same. We are the same. But bringing it back to the Eurobees, like the reason I brought that up in the first place, it is fascinating. But the reason yeah. I brought it up is just because it's like, well, if this, like, one of the things that at first I was maybe like, oh, if we haven't had another sighting since then, that seems weird. But then I was thinking about like where it was in the marsh and everything. Yeah. And I do think that's believable. Also, because of a past episode we did where we were talking about 
Um, was it the last one that we did of last season? Did we bring up the whole, or or was it an earlier one where we were talking about things like Nessie and like how the alien sea monster in Cyprus? Yes. Yeah, so so it could be like we 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 talked about a theory of like maybe there is only a couple animals and they like go to a certain place for mating or something like that, and so they're right. not normally in the same place, and that's why the sightings are not common or recent so like combining that between like that theory and the marsh i i'm like hmm hmm." and so i mean i think like it's interesting that researchers or people who are just interested in the topic have brought up these three different animal extinct species but they have like something in common as far as like lizards yes crocodile alligator like all kind of in the real spell and i found like there's an article from npr from like 2006 and i'm just going to read like the little blurb from it from google because it's like i'm not going to pretend to know (laughs) everything about this but it says paleontologists working in northern canada announced finding an animal skeleton that may bridge the gap between fish and the first four-legged land animals the 375 million year old creature with a head like a crocodile has a body built for swimming but its front legs are a compromise between fins and feet so that I mean like familiar. that kind of fits between And honestly the whole... there have been so many findings recently that have literally been like oh this might completely upend our understanding of humanity right of yeah. everything and so it's like yeah I I I feel like we're finding things right now like mm-hmm. and have been finding things that are constantly and consistently changing our understanding of the past yeah and how we got here and you know and not to get into like (laughs) the whole discussion of of evolution and where everybody like stands on that spectrum of understanding all things evolution because it's like i won't even pretend to like to understand all the scientific components that go into the cycle of that through time but it's like i also at the same time i won't pretend to grasp everything of the natural world. So it's like, I'm, I'm kind of at peace with whatever it is. I just want to talk about it with people that also want to talk about it. And yes, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm there too. Like, I, I don't really understand evolution, but I do think it's interesting and yeah, like same. fascinating to, to think about. And so like, I am not an evolution scientist. I could not tell you why certain things happen or anything like that. But I also think it's fascinating that like we're, con- we're constantly finding new things that add to like, the understanding like little puzzle pieces which i it think is. it's why we wanted to be archaeologists it's just like it's we so want true. we want to put the puzzle together but i think that probably should bring us to our verdict this week honestly, honestly cryptid. cryptid yeah this yeah. one i think in and it's weird like normally in our track record of stuff it's like well we just we want more stories we want more like current things that people have experienced yes. but it's like this is a great one ex- example of a one-off that like completely yes. sold me as soon as I, I read agree. it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this one-off, it wasn't this one-off just had so much like meat to it. it did. And yeah. so many things that like reminded me of other things that I I just it just felt more legit. Yeah. I think. Um it, it felt like 
kind of like last week how we thought you know the bunyip was a great kind of glimpse into folklore and how we tell stories about things that we don't understand this truly felt like a situation in which a city was like we might have a potentially dangerous predator in our community we should probably do something about it and then that's a great point and then the story stopped because Because it didn't feel like it was trying to be a warning other things it wasn't trying to explain away anything it was literally just this situation yeah and I think I think that makes a good point and I'm very interested like that they to this day it's just the Euroa beast and it could fall within the parameters of a bunyip sure because it's like one of those ill-defined things but I love all the the conversations that exist about the creature and what it could be and if it falls into that category of of a missing link so interesting Australia you never disappoint keep the critters coming well, and but not here. Don't bring them here. You can keep them. You we're just going to talk them. about them here. But <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to go contemplate the evolution of man. And we'll be back next week with more Honestly Haunted. Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted.